This is the POV Hamilton podcast, where we're sharing the Hamilton, Ontario point of view from businesses and entrepreneurship to life sciences and education to arts, culture, and media. Hamilton is thriving, and there are countless stories to be shared of the people, businesses, and organizations making it happen. Here's whose point of view you'll be listening to today. I'm Jason Thorne. I'm the general manager of planning and economic development at the city of Hamilton. Transportation planning is something that actually just came into my department a couple of years ago. And I think the you know, the investment that's happening in cycling infrastructure, I can remember cycling in the city in, in the 80s. And at the time, if somebody had, there, there wasn't even a painted bike lane anywhere in the city. I used to ride in what was called critical mass rides with a bunch of cyclists in the city where we tried to draw attention to the need for cycling investment and cycling infrastructure in the city. You know, fast forward today and the fact that we have now multiple protected cycling corridors in the city. We need more, and there's lots more on the books, and there's lots more to come. But the fact that, you know, we have, in all parts of the city, we have an emerging protected cycling network. It's not finished by any stretch, but every year we're adding more and more links. Um, And I can kind of see what's coming in two, three, four years, what the next ones are, and and it's going to be a great system. And I think that combined with things like, uh, you know, two-waying some of our streets, you know, another big transformational change in the city of two-waying Maine, bringing in LRT, um, really changing uh, the transportation system in the city, I think, in a very positive way. I think cycling is a priority for, for a whole host of reasons. Absolutely, there's a climate change reason for it. It is the, you know, the, you know, cycling and walking, the two sort of least carbon intensive, zero carbon uh, uh, modes of transportation there are, and that is, that's critically important. And it's not necessarily a question of, you know, you have to be one or the other. You either have to be a cyclist or you have to be a driver, even if it's just diverting some of your trips. Um, you know, people who own cars and still drive for most of the trips, creating a system where some of those trips, shorter trips, so many of the trips we do are only two or three kilometers long. Um, those kinds of things, transferring to cycling, um, has a big climate change benefit. Um, there's also just the, the realities of a, of, a, of a growing, densifying city, that they're just are fewer and fewer places to store a whole lot of cars. There's there's limited road capacity for how many cars we can put on the road. So as we add more people and more homes and more businesses, especially to older, denser urban areas like the downtown core, there's just a limiting, there's a, there's a capacity limit as to how many cars you can accommodate. And so more efficient modes like transit that moves a lot more people, um, like walking, like cycling that can move a lot more people, becomes really important. Um, and I think there's a, there's, a, there's a social equity argument to it as well. It is a very affordable mode of transportation. It is even, you know, it, it is certainly more affordable than owning a car, it's certainly, and it's more affordable than transit. And it's a really important way of getting around for, for a lot of people. And if we can, you know, we need to make that safer for them. And I think that's a lot of what the investment in the infrastructure is. A real sort of experienced cyclist with, you know, you know, the, the, the helmets and the fancy bike and, um, you know, they'll, they'll be able to ride in mixed traffic. Um, what we're trying to attract with the investment in cycling infrastructure is the more, um, is a, maybe is the more hesitant cyclists, the, you know, kids, people who, who won't ride a bike if they've got to worry about a truck driving past them, you know, half a meter from their shoulder. Um, those are the kinds of people that that cycling investment will hopefully attract to uh, shift some more of their trips in, in, into that mode. There's a few, I think, exciting projects coming down the pipe in, in, with respect to cycling infrastructure. And 
you know, some of them are more significant projects. Like right now, um, down Wilson Street in Ancaster is being is being um, uh, reconstructed, and we're at, there's always been painted bike lanes there. We're adding um, some physical protection to the cycling facility going down Wilson Street. We are extending the uh, on Victoria Street. We did sort of a first phase up as far as I think it was Cannon last year, taking that all the way into the Stinson neighborhood as a second phase this year, and. It, to me, it's not about sort of number of kilometers. I don't think it's a good measure of, of the importance of cycling investment because some of the most important investments may only be a small segment. Um, like I think of last year when we did that stretch of Hunter in front of the GO station. Only a few meters. It wasn't a big stretch, but what a critical link that was. We're working on one right now on Hat Street in Dundas so that as you're going down the Coots Trail, you can actually extend that and then connect with the bike lanes that we put in last year on Hat Street. So these kinds of, uh, sometimes it's a big project, like a, like a Claremont cycle track, that was a major, major investment. Um, but often it's about these little connectors, these little missing gaps and pieces. And I'm cycling the city all the time, and I've, I've got my long list in my head of all the ones that someday we need to get to. And you know the exciting thing is that you know, our annual investment in cycling infrastructure is about three or four times what it was just a couple of years ago. I mean, certainly investment in bike share was a, was, was a big deal. That's a really important program I think we have in our city. And, um, and the city is now investing operating dollars into keeping that bike share system going. Uh, I think that's really important. A lot of the sort of investment in cycling is not even necessarily cycling projects. Like if you think of some of what uh, is happening right now in the city around what's sometimes called Vision Zero or traffic calming, these kinds of things that just make streets safer for everyone, um, cyclists being one of them. That is a really sort of critical piece. Um, and a lot of cyclists, you know, as they use those kind of local residential streets, little residential connectors, making those safe for cyclists also means they're gonna be safer for, for kids walking on the sidewalk and they makes them safer for drivers as well. Um, less risk of, of collisions for drivers. So to me, all of that stuff really, really matters. Um, and then we, you know, also, uh, you know, education is important, and 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 we have at the city a, a smart commute program where we're we're talking to different businesses about different options for people who work in some of the local businesses. Could they could they take some of their trips by transit? Some people don't even know where the cycling routes are. Can you utilize some of those? And then a trail system as well. Like we have a very good off street trail system that is. Um, um, you know, we, we benefit from, from the escarpment, from some of the hydro corridors, from the, from the waterfront trails. All of these sorts of things are great connectors around the city as well. My name is Julia, and I am the Community Engagement Coordinator at Hamilton Bike Share. Hamilton Bike Share, as an organization, is the not-for-profit um, operator of the bike share system in Hamilton. Uh, we launched in 2015, and we've been going with a few hiccups, but we've been going ever since. So we've got over 130 hubs throughout the city, so spanning from downtown Dundas all the way to Ottawa Street. Um, and with a membership, you can pick up a bike from whatever hub is closest to you and then drop it off at the hub closest to your destination. So I think it's perfect for things like one-way travel and spontaneous bike rides, um, because once the bike is locked up, the bike isn't your responsibility anymore. So for me, it's reduced a lot of that planning and preparation that you typically need when you ride a bike from point A to point B. 
Hamilton, first of all, is a pretty cool place to ride a bike because we've got a lot of different terrain. We've got the city riding that you can do, um, but we're also surrounded by water. Um, so we've got a lot of great waterfront trails and then the forest. So the, you know, Niagara Escarpment and the Bruce Trails and things. So it offers some pretty unique terrain for all types of different riders. In terms of the infrastructure, there's a lot of great things going on, but definitely some things that need improvement. I think because we're a large scale bike share system, it positions Hamilton really well to increase the number of people on bikes. Bike share systems are really great because they provide a lot of data about people riding bikes. Um, you know, we can see the places with really good bike infrastructure, get people out and get people riding. So like I said, things like Hamilton Brantford Rail Trail, um, the paved paths down by the waterfront, things like Cannon Lanes for folks who are commuting. So it's really nice to see. It's also encouraging to see improvements being made. I'm thinking of things like the Victoria bike lanes being extended, but also there are a lot of improvements that need to be made. And I can speak to that as someone who rides a bike basically every day for transportation, for fun, for exercise. Some things that are pretty frustrating are when a bike lane just abruptly comes to an end. Um, you know, when a car is parked in a bike lane and it causes you to have to merge into traffic, those are things that are scary. And I think it deters a lot of potential riders. Hamilton itself, I think, is really designed to move people in cars very efficiently. I think there's already some barriers to getting people out on bikes. And when folks hear things that happen or see biking infrastructure that is not safe, it really deters them. Some of my best tips for starting uh, cycling or riding a bike in Hamilton would be to start slow and start on the protected bike lanes. I started riding a bike just on the McMaster campus. Max campus is great because it's um, a closed campus, meaning that only service vehicles from McMaster can go on um, those roads. So it's, it's quite easy to walk ride a bike, things like that. So I definitely recommend starting on places like that. Um, down by the waterfront is great. They're just paved trails that um, don't have access to vehicles. And Hamilton Brantford Rail Trail is awesome. There's, it's a pretty steady train. It's just flat. You don't really need to make any turns or cross any really busy streets. So yeah, definitely starting on those protected bike lanes. And then once you get to uh, a little bit more comfortable with things, just making sure you give yourself a lot of time to get from point A to point B. I find that when I'm rushed, that's when I sort of start to decrease my awareness of my surroundings. Um, I'm a little bit more on edge. You know, anything that goes wrong really stays <laughs> in my mind and it kind of affects my ride. So start slow. Uh, give yourself lots of time and explore those really good protected bike lanes. People love bike share and that is amazing. To me, biking when I first started was really just a way to get from point A to point B, but being involved in bike share, I've been exposed to this community of people who really just care about the community. And I find that people who ride bikes in Hamilton care about people in general and you know not just cycling as something to do as a hobby but something that promotes physical activity a sense of community people ride bikes for different reasons and all of that is celebrated 
to me, riding a bike really just slows things down. You explore things that you wouldn't necessarily be able to when, you know, you're riding in a car. I've explored new shops. You know, you see familiar faces on bike lanes and things. And it's just a really nice way to explore such a vibrant city. So when when possible, I always recommend exploring a new place um, by foot or by bike. In terms of most popular hubs, the places with the best cycling infrastructure seem to have the most rides being taken out of. McMaster in the Westdale area is very popular for students commuting and things. Along Bayfront on a sunny summer day is always, always our number one most populated area for bike trips in and out and things around Cannon Lanes and things when people are commuting to work. And I think that really just drives home the point of you know, when there is good cycling infrastructure, people ride, people want to ride, people want to learn how to ride a bike um, and get riding. There might just be a few barriers to starting, especially when you're not familiar with it. I think it absolutely needs to be prioritized. I was just speaking with my colleague and she said a statement that I think is perfect. Cycling infrastructure needs to be at the forefront of transportation planning, not an afterthought. And that's when we can, you know, ensure that we're having that really good, safe infrastructure that promotes cycling to people of all ages and all abilities. Can it work in tandem with buses and other sorts of transportation? Absolutely. I think North America is definitely like a bit behind other cities around the world. The famous example being Amsterdam. Um, So we know that there are wonderful, wonderful examples of people around the world cycling or walking as their main form of transportation and not relying so heavily on things like cars. Hamilton's great because we are a very dense city in terms of like population and things nearby. Um, So it definitely is a place that could be more geared towards things like walking and cycling and busing and things. So yes, they can exist together in harmony. They all just need to be prioritized at the very start, um, not just as an afterthought. So we've got the field staff, and then we've kind of got the people behind the scenes, which are sometimes people like me, uh, (laughs) a lot of other people as well. Um, But our field staff are really the people who keep our bike share rolling. We have mechanics in our shop who are responsible for things like repairs. We have field staff who go around and check things at the hubs on a daily basis. So making sure that, um, you know, hubs are looking good, brakes are working, lights, all the, you know, little system checks and things like that. And then we have rebalancers, which is a pretty cool job. And those people are responsible for making sure that hubs that need to be stocked are stocked and balancing the bikes out around the city, kind of as the name suggests. We're like, everything you need to take care of a bicycle, we're those people, and we have lots of those people making sure that bike share can run smoothly. A really unique part about our bike share program is that we also have an equity program built right into Hamilton Bike Share. So our equity program offers subsidized passes um, and passes for free to folks who might have a financial barrier to accessing a bike. Uh, And they're a fantastic, fantastic program. They're called the Everyone Rides Initiative. Well, June is bike month, which is 
our favorite month of the year. So lots of group rides happening. Um, we've got a monthly soul roll, which is really cool. So the last uh, Wednesday of every month, you can join our group rides um, and you listen to some soul music and just do a nice slow roll around the city. They're pretty cool. Um, city of Hamilton has an events calendar for bike month. Uh, we help coordinate and collaborate on a lot of those events there. So I definitely ran, recommend checking uh, their events calendar out. And something we're really excited about is also launching our adaptive bike hub. So uh, that's an everyone rides initiative program, and that will be at uh, situated at Gore Park. Um, we've got a local artist, Lester Coloma, who is painting the hub with a beautiful mural, and we can't wait to see it finished. But ultimately, what that service hopes to do is um, provide bikes for folks of all abilities. So we're talking, um, you know, adapted trikes, adult trikes, bikes with different sorts of pedaling mechanisms or step over uh, mechanisms to make it a little bit easier to ride a bike and get everyone out and riding. So we're really excited to launch that a little bit later in the summer. Uh, and that'll be, you know, just another way that we're making bikes a little bit more accessible. In terms of the future future of bike share, of course, we're always looking to grow and improve the system. And of course that requires funding and partnerships. So we're always looking to secure new partnerships that will allow us to do things like purchase new equipment uh, for our own system and for the adaptive bike hubs and things and serve new neighborhoods. I know a common question is, will we ever get out to the mountain? We've piloted it and we would you know, love to get out there again. But of course it requires the people and the support and the partnerships to do that as well. How do we get up and down the mountain on a bike? Yeah, that is a great question. If you are an independent cyclist, like have your own bicycle, you can make that trek up. There are some paths that take you like on a steady incline all the way up there. Um, there's also the steps that you can kind of maneuver up to get there. Um, currently, Bikeshare does not service the mountain. We have tried that out as a pilot project, but of course it requires you know, lots of support from the um, surrounding wards and things. A lot of people ride the bikes down the mountain, um, but a challenge that there obviously is, is getting those bikes back up to the mountain. So that was one of the challenges that was initially seen and things. So always looking for some creative suggestions for how to get bike share back up there. And of course, support from the um, surrounding communities and things. If you're nervous about riding the bike, the first step is to get on a bike and start pedaling. I don't think that I'm a cyclist by nature and never really was. Coming to university, I um, was looking for an affordable way to get around and explore and things. And this became uh, that, but I, I sincerely never was a born cyclist. And it's become something that I really enjoy now just by getting curious and getting started in ways that felt safe to me. People should care about cycling because it connects people in our community. Um, cycling for me is the way I get around, the way that I exercise, and the way that I have fun. Almost everything that I do in my life is connected by cycling now, and that wasn't always the case. I think it causes us to slow down and explore a city and just really encourages a lot more community interaction than you would be able to have riding in a car or another vehicle. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. 
and please consider rating and reviewing as it helps others to find the show. For more information or to listen to past episodes, go to povhamilton.com.